Hello everyone and welcome to the second episode of the Sport Overload podcast. Um, I'm delighted to have Shane McCormack and Feli Leon. Thanks for coming on guys. Lovely to have you. Thanks, Thanks for having us, Mark. No problem. Uh, so I'm going to kick this off with uh, a round of quick fire questions. Just, just to get it going. Uh, so first question is for Phil. Uh, what would be your favourite dinner? Oh, um, anything with like chicken or salmon and veg, because I'm easy pleased. Right. And you're up now. Uh, who's your favourite chipper? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> 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 I, 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 I'll, I'll be non-controversial and say Tommy Dunn right um, Phil what's your I know you've run a couple of distances like 400 and 200 what would be your favourite distance for? Um, indoors it's definitely 200 and outdoors uh, it's probably 200 as well so let's go 200 overall Shane, uh, what would be your favourite dinner? My favourite dinner would be a good, uh, a good carbonara, or a crispy chicken with sweet and sour sauce. <laughs> hey, the question was for me now, not you. <laughs> um, I've been doing my research on Waxford slang. Uh, what's that dish? Uh, yeah. Rissol, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, yeah. I, I was doing my research. Um, the next question is for Phil. Who is the best coach you've had? Oh, sure, look, we'd have to do <laughs> He's there the longest, so he's he's the standard. Yeah, um, Shane. What has been your proudest moment as a coach? Um, I'd say, obviously, Phil coming forth at the Europeans, just gone, was probably number one, but I'd say a close one, and people may not um, see this one, I suppose, directly, but with Phil broke her foot in 2019. 19, um, yeah. She she was basically, you know, uh, world, world this was back in April, so World Unis was the big target that year in July. We were obviously up against the clock, probably shouldn't have been able to compete there. It was in Napoli in Italy in the in the in the famous, you, you'd have loved it now, Mark, being a sports fanatic. It was in the, the Napoli soccer stadium where Maradona um was was uh was was in his head uh, probably God over there. But um Phil made it back with five weeks to spare to, to, to start running again and you know, you know, with with sort of ten weeks of off feet training, five weeks on the track, went to Italy, and and still made the final, um, and and ran the same time in three races, heat semi final. So for me, that was probably as a coach one of my proudest moments, just knowing what we had gone through to get to that point, but also just seeing the the, the warrior aspect of what Phil can bring, um, on her on her bad day, I suppose. You know, we knew then that there was bigger days ahead, so. That's probably my proudest uh, coaching moment. And Phil, what what has been your proudest achievement today? Definitely, I think it's the 
the fourth at Europeans um, two weeks ago. Um, and then if I had to go again, it would 100%, as Shane said, would be Napoli just coming back from the injury when we were in peak shape and then um, everything was just turned upside down or breaking the national records, the 100 and 200 outdoor ones, um, because they were the first. So they certainly were a big standout. Um, what, and this is a great question this for both of you. Um, what is the best race you've watched? For both of you. Mm-hmm. Phil, do you want to go take that one? Jeepers. Um... Uh, for me, I, I saw being live, I think Tommy Barr's medal at Europeans in Berlin yeah. is probably up there just for the atmosphere, being in the, the Berlin Olympic Stadium, packed house, Tommy getting the medal, just the buzz that was there at the time, you know, that was that was kind of a standout one for me. And yeah. Tommy's fourth in Rio was certainly up there as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, watching that on TV, him coming back. Jeez, um, there's so many standout ones at the time. It's then you just forget them and they're replaced with others. But, um, so, I'm old enough to remember Sonia in her heyday. So like those ones really stand out for me because that, that you know, as a kid, it's back to the Italian 90 buzz, right? You're 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 sitting around the television, you're you're you know, the sport is Ireland is flying on a world stage, you're winning medals, you're competing in World Cups. Like so there was a great buzz around all of Sonia. They really do Phil is too young to remember yeah. Sonia's. Um, what would be your favourite venue to race in, Phil? Um, Berlin, the Olympic Stadium in Berlin, definitely. Uh, so we raced there in 2018 and there was like 65,000 people in the stand. Um, so that's definitely a top one. Um, smaller meets, Geneva and Switzerland. Um, and then if it's Ireland, um, CIT. Always for Cork City Sports. Um, what, what was the experience at the Europeans like? It was a bit mad because obviously with restrictions and different things like that, it was a, it was very different to normal championships, like in terms of testing before we went, when we arrive and testing when we're there and just like not sharing rooms or wearing masks all the time and wearing masks in your call room, which is definitely hard. We had masks on right up until we went out onto the track um, and then a mask on straight after when you... Um, when you finish racing but like in terms of warm-up and all that that was all the same but like say Shane wasn't allowed to go because it was just limited to um staff only within the within the team um so there was no personal coaches but um look we were lucky to have a major championship and it's different but it's different for everybody so you just have to to make the most of it and um, do what you can and not, not let it affect you. Like we've prepared enough for it. We know what restrictions are. We know how to wear a mask. It's just simple things in a different location. Mm. And 
the dark magic that had a few to go to say. Um, not, not, uh, no, not really. Like I, heard, I was listening to a, a podcast, another podcast um, yesterday, the, the Roy Orbison one, that the guys um, do, do a great word to make people pick a film and, and the kind of based podcast around that are a sporting film. So yesterday, Lee Morgan spoke about um, how the job of the coach is done when you, when you turn up to compete, right? So like it, 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 we, I do, you know, we do all the hard work behind the scenes, but when t- Phil goes to these competitions, there's not a whole lot I can do, right? It's over to the athlete at that point. Um, and, and you kind of back out of there. So I think Phil was, she's experienced enough that, you know, moments like that don't get to her and not a whole lot that I do on the day anyway, other than just make sure she has her bibs and her spikes and things like that, like just the silly stuff. Like, so, um, no, nah, she, 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 she didn't need me there as such, obviously. Maybe I shouldn't go anymore because... She had her best results, so <laughs> could be a model for the future. Irish style seems to be in a great place, like between you, Nadia Power, um, Shifa Butler. Um, what, what, what do you think that sounds like? Why, I think it's why just in it? terms of like coaches and. Um, coaches learning from new different things and everything is developing and science is developing and coaches are like looking into the science aspect a lot more and not accepting that it's just run and run and that's it like there's so many elements to the sport um, and so many people in your team um, and like Shane would look after all the, the science stuff but we have a physiologist as well um, who Shane would have worked with closely so like you just have to to learn in the sport and you have to reach out to other coaches because if you're not going to learn how you're going to improve and you're letting everybody else make the steps then and make the won't drop it's all it comes down to ego and coaching if you refuse to learn you're not going to get better and you're just going to repeat the same things over and over and if you're it doesn't matter what sport you're in you could be in athletics you could be in rugby ga whatever you can see now in GAA, it's not just about the game. There's so many aspects to GAA and how the speed element comes in and how the whole athletic side comes in. If teams are refusing to learn those aspects, then they're at a disadvantage. So it comes down to coaches and all the coaches that are involved within the team willing to learn. Um, and I have a few questions here. Uh, thanks to you, Shane, because you retweeted the thing on Twitter. So you, you might regret this though, because there's a few nice ones in there for you. Uh, so we'll set it off nicely. Uh, and this one's for Phil. And someone asked, what advice that is based on your own experience? Yeah, so I certainly was a late developer, like, and I didn't focus fully on athletics until I was like, 17 so when I was in fifth year so like success in Ireland is always judged on if you win or if you bring home a medal or if you won the game or like but people need to move away from that like and success is about winning for yourself so you have to do your best so like you don't have to be the fastest you don't have to be the best on the pitch you don't have to be the standout player you just have to do the best you can do and just constantly improve that 
Um, so in terms of athletics, just explore so many different events. Like I didn't move to 400 until I was like 22, 23. So if you're in your teenage years, you have so much time to play around with different events and just enjoy it for what you're doing and don't be like influenced because your friends are off doing like GA or like certain things and you think you have to fall under that bracket. If you enjoy the sport, you continue doing the sport and go out there and give it your best. And if it isn't your best on a certain day, the next day is an opportunity to improve that again. Yeah, I have another one there for you as well. Um, Phil said she responds more to strength-based training and, and a lot of 500 and 600. What kind of volume and pace is procession? Were these in the various phases or up to build up to the Euros? Is there any, is there a go-to session that she does in the lead up to a competition that gives her confidence? So like it certainly takes a lot of time to build up of like those sessions. And like I could start off a winter season and be absolutely chronic, as Shane well knows, on those sessions. And I'm like well, that's not good enough. I shouldn't be running those times. It should be far quicker. And I hit the panic mode. And it just takes a few weeks to get into it. But you just have to, like, I have my markers from other seasons. And I'm like, why am I not running this time? But I'm just not there yet. And I just have to put the weeks back to back over those distances. Um, so you just have to build it up slowly. And Shane mixes it up between three reps, four reps. It just depends on the sessions. And um I certainly know my trainings in and out. So like, regardless of the sessions, I, in the lead up to a, lead up to a championship, I know the markers that I need to be hitting um, in terms of all reps. So that certainly will be my marker and there's no particular session as such. And we have another one here for you also. Many potential top class athletes are involved in other sports as teenagers and athletics is not on the radar. How can we change this and how can we do better to encourage potential top class talent to come and stay in our sport? I think it like, there is so much work being done in the promotion of the sport and like you even saw for like European indoors, there was no other sport, main sport on television in Ireland that weekend. So like, so many new people watched the sport and became a fan of the sport so it comes down to media and the exposure of the sport for kids to realize um what the sport entails but it definitely comes back into what can be done in schools how can it be improved RDO like regional development officers are doing a great job between clubs um in their regions just to promote the sport for the younger people um but it definitely comes down to visibility um in order to keep the people in it but there can be dropouts because again people are influenced too much too easily and make the decision based on what their friends are doing or instead they might want to keep going at the sport or again because they're not winning they see it as a failure but sport is just so important for everybody's physical health and mental health and you should just keep any aspect of it up um, that you can and just enjoy it and like 
it's a breakaway from study. It keep, kept, keeps me organized all the time, keeps me disciplined and right through all my like secondary school and college as well. And um, it made a massive difference. So, uh, yeah. And now the first question for Shane. Um, I don't know who this is from. I forgot to write down who it was from. But I presume you know this person. They're asking about your fascination with Crocs. Oh, as I said to somebody else, it saves me getting up in the morning looking for a pair of socks to uh, that match. So Crocs are, Crocs are convenience and they're comfortable. Right. And it could be the coldest day ever and Shane is still wearing Crocs. Mm -hmm, correct. Um, women in sport is obviously a big thing and you seem to be a great advocate, advocate for it um, how like and girls um, well teenagers in general that tend to like drop off in sport how how can we get more girls like stick with sport do you think yeah like i think as, as phil alluded to earlier on like it, pressures come in from all sides to conform socially as teenagers you know and sometimes sport isn't seen as cool sometimes going out with your friends is cooler um and if sport isn't you know i suppose there's two types of people there's two you know you could you, you could have girls that are really good at, at their sport and that will keep them in the sport right because they're getting success and they're getting their buzz out of that and to know that okay i'm enjoying this but then there's there's the uh, the other element where sport might be going as well so it's easy to drop out it's 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 you know it's easier to say ah you know i don't i i, I won't bother with training tonight and because maybe sport isn't going as well but that could be nothing to do with their ability that could be just like that their age their maturity level their development and that's what like what you're alluding to there is that's where we lose girls especially like you know but we lose teenagers across the board and COVID is not going to help an awful lot either like so I think girls need like um they need mentors they need like female mentors they need male advocates and allies but they need you know girls like Phil, Sarah Lavins, Shifras, you know Dervils, Ailish McSweeney who Phil like would have you know been mentored by in the past as she was younger when she was younger but like um I don't think there's one silver bullet for it. I think there's the, the we just need to build better structures to keep um, girls in sport at at the at the at the crucial um, stages, and I think that's where we need to build networks of you know um, networks of mentorship, maybe mentorship groups from you know senior athletes and sports people that have gone through it, um, because we have we've some unbelievable ambassadors for female sport in Ireland, like Sarah Rose and. You know the tip girls that are, that are flying the flag of football, like the Ashley Maloney's, and like there's there's some unbelievable like like we were lucky to work with um Alison Miller over the years as well, and you know it's my experience like it's uh, you know these are, these are unbelievable sports people like you know what I mean? There's not sports women, they're sports people, uh, and there's an awful lot for young girls to look up to. Uh, in Ireland at the moment that we need to just harness and the 20 by 20 was brilliant and it really you know it it put it out there but like we need to build on that now and I think there are some unbelievable advocates in Ireland in in you know um that that are you know that are that are pushing this agenda and because it, it can't it's not just uh it can't be just for a short while it has to be forever like and Phil always makes the point about when you buy 
the newspaper and you open up the sports section, like very rarely is the front page a female sport uh, or, or it's about female sports. So, but like, look, Sky have come in behind, you know, uh, soccer, women's soccer in England. You know, the GA is giving more like uh, airtime. Like TG4 did a great job with with the with the Camogie football last year through the pandemic. So we just got to keep moving the dial here. You know what I mean? And at the end of the day, uh, we're talking about sports people here. You know. And what's your take on that, Phil? Yeah, I think the same. And even, like, as kids are growing up, like, when I was growing up, you see what's on television, you see what's on the papers. And if female sports aren't made household names, then how are the kids supposed to get to know them? So, like, you have the likes of Jackie Hurley's book now, who like which is there for um, kids and for kids to see all the great sports stars that have have had their careers and are now retired but also people that are still um going through their career so it does come down to media coverage um in order to promote females and to get um kids to recognize them and to aspire to be them um and like it could be as well female coaches um some female athletes may prefer to have female coaches in certain sports so we need to encourage um more coach education and supporting female coaches um that it is made possible but it's definitely a tricky one but it's moving in the right direction and the talent is there in female sports as much as male sports so one shouldn't be taking precedence over the other and i like, i think just to, just just to build on that like i think like fairness to organ like Governing bodies like Athletics Ireland are, are investing in this as well. Like we've got Liliana O'Hara in Athletics Ireland, who's just to build on Phil's point about you know women in sport and coaching, like who she is pushing that agenda and she's creating awareness and you know providing pathways and, and education for um you know female coaches. Because look, to be honest with you, the, some of the best coaches in Ireland are females, and we should be building on that as well. Like so, I think um yeah, just just to build on what Phil said there. <laughs> And we're lucky in as well in athletics because men and women compete on the same day. So we don't have like discrepancies and that you would see in like rugby, GA and soccer. So, yes, we are a minority sport and we don't get the same coverage as the other big sports, but we don't have the inequalities that you would see in the bigger sports. So um, we are lucky in that way. And it goes across like rowing and different ones like that where they all compete on the same day. Um. Shane, um, you know, um, because of COVID, like, what's the, are you, are you still with Tipperary or what's the story there? No, no, like with, with, well, like, yeah, on paper, but no, obviously with, with Intercounty um, being, um, I suppose, group training has been shut down. Um, but, you know, the guys are obviously all doing their individual programs and things like that. Um so uh when when things kick back in hopefully sooner rather than later, um yeah, I look forward to being back on on the on the green grass and in Tipperary. And just another question. What what's it like? Liam Shane seems uh, a character. So what's it like to be with him? Um like I think like Liam is one of those guys that is just you know, it's, I think you're, you're privileged to be 
near him when he's working and just witness how he how he operates like he's a he's a brilliant he's a brilliant manager he's a brilliant organizer he's a brilliant motivator um you know he's he's just a very you know he's a he's he's a very um what's the word i'm looking for um he just brings an energy he brings an energy to, to everything that he does so a lot a lot of you know a lot of the time i'm i'm you know i'm just you know just happy to be able to see him and and his you know um backroom team um, operate because I'm used to being on a track and just being a sole sort of a you know operator as a coach and you know we we have a team behind us but we don't see them an awful lot like only every now and again is for physio or you know consultancy with a physiologist things like that like but really it's just myself and Phil in the training group whereas it's nice to walk into a team environment like that as well and you're surrounded by you know lads with a couple of all-irelands in their back pockets as well so it's good to be around people that have won and know what winning is like because they're the guys and girls um, that know how and what it takes to win. And that I feed off that as well. And I bring that back into my, into my own sport of athletics as well. Um, it's always good to surround yourself with, with winning mentalities and see how, how other people like Liam Sheedy operate in, 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 a, in a different sporting environment, you know, because uh, at the end of the day, it's while amateur in status, the operation is is high performance and execution. So, I'm always interested in how high performing teams operate. And um, what was the All Ireland in 2019 like? I was only a very I was to be honest, which I've a, a very small cog in a, in a, in a big machine that year. So to be just a part of the, you know, to build up and to play the little part that I did in 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 trying to influence their their on field speed, you know. And I think, um, yeah, look. It, they were they were just magnificent that year and um it was it was it was a great experience for me something i'm not going to forget very very quickly and it probably came at a good time because you know phil unfortunately hurt herself with her foot that year so it was like it was an it was a it was a nice from a coaching perspective it was a nice change of scenery and it just a distraction because obviously we put so much into athletics and phil's career that both of us were devastated with the injury and things like that so it was um it was, it was, yeah, it was a great, it was a great year, even though they did, the beat Wexford along the way. <laughs> so my, uh, my mom's a Wexford GA fanatic, so that, that went down like um, a lead balloon, but sure, look, this is the sport at the end of the day, it's good crack. Yeah. Um, and going back to the injury, uh, like, breaking the foot and going back in 12 weeks, I think, was it? Yeah. Um, how, how did you do that? Like, it must have taken great determination and etc. Like, a hundred percent. And like, so I broke it on a, a Thursday, and we were back training on the Saturday. Um, so we were on warm weather, um, a training camp at the time in Malta. Um, um, at the time in Malta, and um. So I was seen by the doctors over there and they put me in crutches and a boot. So it was straight back into training. Obviously it wasn't able to run because it broke foot. So we did adapt in every way that we could. Um, and it was just like rowing on the rowing machine with one leg in and one leg off the side. Um, we tried pedaling on the bike with one leg, which was certainly tough. And it was just like doing as much as we can. And like, even just when we came back to Ireland, swimming Shane even did some of the sessions um and it was just adapting anyway that we could and we came out of the boot after about two weeks 
Um, and then like I did anti-gravity treadmill and different things like that. Um, so it was hard, but it was harder when I was able to run, when I was coming back from the injury, when I was allowed run, than when I was not allowed run, because it was just like learning how to run again. Um, because I had been like in the boot not walking properly for so long um it was hard but it just clicked then a couple of um days before we went to world um universities and about two weeks before world universities i was like to myself i can't go like this isn't this isn't going well but um you just have to stick with it and um it all came to plan um but we worked so hard for it and like training so much twice a day three times a day sometimes and like I had to use various machines to help with the recovery and diet became a big part as well um, in speeding it up. And I certainly did speed it up because they thought I was going to be out um, long, much longer than I was. So um, it was great to come back and great to come back so quickly, avoid surgery, because that could be a career ending injury for some people. But we came back in such a short space of time. Yeah. Um, and what would be your schedule like obviously you're struggling college and training so like what would be your schedule on a day yeah so i'm just doing college part-time so i just finished my master's uh actually a year ago i finished it um in wit so it's great to have the support of wit and like all their facilities and all their services but i've done um an add-on module um just to keep me going because like yes I'm a full-time athlete but it's nice to have something on the side as well and distraction and like for me it's so important to have that academic side because sport isn't going to last forever either um so I do have my degrees and I do have my add-on modules so that I can um just walk into a job um after with the degrees that I have um so it is so important to have that um and it's great working with WIT and everything that they offer um Shane, myself, the training group, um, it's certainly really well established in comparison to so many other colleges um, in Ireland and all that they give to us. But I train six days a week and Saturday I have fully off and then like there's three gym sessions in there, there's bike sessions in there and there's track sessions in there. So for me, like someone else listening, it might seem like an awful lot, but it's just routine for me and it's like normal you know and I know no different at this stage so um it's it works for me and uh, we have everything scheduled out to, to plan and obviously you're trying to go ahead. you're trying to uh, get into qualification for Tokyo how, how's that going yeah so the qualification system for Tokyo they take the top 56 ranked athletes in the world and at the moment I'm ranked 29 to 38 so I just need to stay where I am and I'll be on the plane to Tokyo or I need to like lower myself further um on the the list and hopefully we will try qualifying the 400 as well because you carry five times overall um and each race brings different points and each event has um extra bonus points and different things like that so it's about getting the right race in the right um event or location with the points that are um 
coming with it and you take your five best times overall? Um, it's obviously disappointing that there'll be no overseas fans out there. A hundred percent because the Olympics is the pinnacle of everyone's career and the Olympics is like a massive, massive event and like it's a whole spectacle for people watching. It's a whole crazy time for like different brands and marketing and different things like that. So in terms of like the amount of people that tune into the opening ceremony alone, like the whole Olympic village, it's like everything. It's a whole new experience for athletes and it's multi-sports and that's what we are used to everywhere we go. So it will certainly be a different Olympic Games um, and being flown home straight after your event and different things like that. But look, you're training so hard and you sacrifice so much for Olympics. Any athlete will take the Olympics going ahead um, over having overseas fans coming in. So like, obviously we would love to have the fans there. Um, but if the games go ahead and the means they go ahead without fans, then any athlete will take that across all sports. Mm, yeah. Um, I, I feel like I'm living the old chat. That's fine. It's about Phil, not about me. <laughs> well, you were the one that pretty much got me in the interview. So um, I feel like I should be including you more. I should just ask me more food questions, whatever. Throw, throw anything at me. Uh, okay. Um, who do you like more? Uh, Liam Sheedy or Davy Fitz? <laughs> oh, sure, Jays are two, they're two, they're two good fellas. That's, that's, a, that's a controversial question. But I don't know Davy Fitz and I know Liam. And what I know of Liam, I like an awful lot. So I'll sit on, I'll sit on that one. Right. Um... Let's think of a few more interesting questions. Um, if Wexford had to pray uh, to meet in the all out final, who would you want to win? Um, who would I want to win? Um, see, like at the end of the day, like you know, if I was a coach with a team that's where your that's where your that's where your work is at your work for them to create their success if i wasn't if i wasn't interested in being a successful coach then i wouldn't coach right so at the end of the day it's it's who you're working with obviously i'm from wexford and they've met they've, meet, they've met in the game i'm not a hardcore ga person uh, i played ga but like athletics is my grow so it's not something that overly upsets me or impacts me um at the end of the day, it was it's a pleasure to, to, to have the experience to work with Tip. I was asked to work with them, and I, uh, I I thoroughly enjoy working with them and look forward to working with them in the future. Mm. Yeah, um, and um, I'm going to say something now. I don't mean to offend you. Um, I just picked up on something you said there, and you've said it a few times. You remind me a bit of Roy Keane. Uh, and you probably know the word I'm going to say. You've said at the end of the day a couple of times. Okay. If, that, if that's the only thing that compares me to Roy Keane, then I, you know what I mean? Obviously, that the, the it, it's nice to be compared to Roy Keane, but it, if, if it's only a saying that, uh, that joins us, then 
I definitely don't have your soccer talent, so. Good up, court quality. Yeah. I'm saying there's a bit of a, of a rival vibe between you. What's, what's that, Mark? Sorry? I'm saying there's a bit of a rivalry between you. Between? You and Phil. Like saying that she's from Cork and they're from Oxford. Oh, yeah, we've great banter out of that. She's not from Cork, she's from West Cork. So there's, apparently there's a oh, big there's difference. there's a difference, Mark. West, Co- West Is Cork there a is different now to main Cork, but... <laughs> What, what's the difference? West Cork. Oh, West Cork is pure quality now in terms of uh, in comparison to the city. So, like, you'll have to get yourself down to West Cork now. And even sports alone, West Cork, the quality of West Cork sports. And so you have the the roars with the Olympic silver. You have multiple roars with different world European medalists. You have the rugby players, Connor Howard in the soccer, athletics. There's so many people. So... Pure quality down there, I tell you. Oh yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a few people from Oxford like good at sports and that, aren't there? Shane. There are plenty of people from Wexford that are good at sports, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, sure, Shane was a good fellow in his own day, but <laughs> a cracker goal. <laughs> Would you like to expand the goal? Or... Ah, d- uh, no, no, <laughs> no. It's a, it's a running joke about some unbelievable goal he scored in the Junior A County Final. But looks, I have to dig up the video footage of that. Um, I mean, still playing GA, but obviously no, not now. No, I'm 41 now, and my body gave up a long time ago. So. Um, no, I'd like to still be playing, but <laughs> ah. um, um, would you not stick yourself in goals? Oh, I don't have the time for that, man. If you, <laughs> if you could, if you could find me the hours in the day to stand between the sticks, uh, I'd, I'd gladly accept it. But no, I, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't have the time for that. <laughs> Um, so we'll leave it there unless you have anything else to say. Um, it was great to have you on. Thanks a million for having us on. Thanks, Rams. We wish you the best with your future podcast career. Thank you. I'm, I'm sure we'll keep in contact. From... 100%. Yeah, you're more than welcome to come on again if you want. Like, oh, we'll come, we'll come back for the chat, Mark. Don't worry about that. Bye. Good luck. Thanks. Thanks, Mark. See ya. Bye.